We're going to the word of the Lord, which will be found in John, the fourth chapter, the 39th through the 42nd verse, where these words can be read. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the sayings of the woman, which testified. He told them all that ever I did. So when the Samaritan were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word and said unto the woman, now we believe. Not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing of his word. Just for a brief moment this morning, I want to use uh, for a subject, it happened on purpose. It happened on purpose. If you can just, in the virtual world, type in the chat, it happened on purpose, and then make it personal for me. It happened on purpose for me. We give honor and deference to our pastor, the superintendent, Benny L. Tolliver, and our first lady, missionary Jean Tolliver, and to all those for whom honor is due. We thank God uh, for this distinct privilege to stand before you on the first Sunday. Uh, we uh, are praying uh, for our leaders and each of you who join us this morning. I grew up in a house full of boys. And sometimes there would be uh, fights that would take place. Uh, if you have siblings, whether they're boys or girls, you probably uh, can testify that you have a sibling that usually was a tattletale. Usually the person who would run to mama or daddy and say, he hit me. They said this, they did this. Usually it was at the discretion of the parent to determine what to do next. The parent had to determine uh, whether the uh, young person, the child, uh, did what they did on purpose. In other words, the parent had to uh, determine the intent of the action. They had to determine uh, whether the action uh, was done uh, and whether the intent was evil. The parents had to uh, make the determination about what it was that they would say to the child as a result of both the tattler and the action. 
I want to let you know uh, this morning that uh, just like uh, that parent, um, th th there are times in our life where we have to determine whether the thing that we are going through, the thing we are experiencing, whether it happened on purpose. We have to determine uh, particularly the intent. And uh, generally, our uh, determination is if it was bad, then the intent was bad. But I want to declare to you this morning that there are some bad things that happen to us that have surprisingly good intent. There are some things that we experience in life that although uh, they are difficult, the intent uh, is not meant to destroy us. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord, what does he do? He delivers us from them all. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I have plans for good and not of evil to give you an expected end. The word of the Lord uh, declares to us that we uh, can have hope in the fact that the things that we go through, whether they be good, bad, or indifferent, the Bible lets us know that they work together if we love the Lord for our good. Come on and give God praise if you believe that this morning. The problem that sometimes uh, 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 gets in the way is, God, if your word says that all things work together for the good to them that love God and that are called according to his purpose, I don't quite understand, God, why uh, as a tither I seem to always run out of money. Hmm. God, why is it that the prayer warriors are the ones whose children tend to act up the most? God, bring me clarity on why uh, the loyal tend to be the ones who always get cheated on. Hmm. If all things, God, work together for my good, then why is it that everybody else is married and I'm still single? Oh, God, if all things work together for the good, why is it that I prayed the prayer of faith over the sick and they are healed, but my body is beaten with cancer and sickness? God, why is it that I'm always dealing with sickness? Why do I feel stuck? Why is it that everybody else at my job seems to be getting a promotion, but I'm not? Why is it, God? That, that, that it seems like I'm going backwards when people who don't even know you seem to be going forward. Uh, it, 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 it's confusing to me, God, because sometimes I, 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 I come to church, I'm faithful with my resources, I go to Bible band, and I go to YPWW and, and pastoral teaching, and I do everything that you tell me to do. I'm in the choir, and I, I, I sit my kids to the sunshine bed, and still I go through difficulty. Why is it, God, that I go through difficulty when you said in your word that all things work together for my good? Have you ever just asked yourself, and you can be honest, why is this happening to me? What have I done to deserve this difficult season of life? 
Why is God taking me through uh, this, 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 this tragedy? Why is God doing this to my children? Why is my car acting up when God, when you gave it to me, I said, if you gave it to me, I'd give folks a ride to church. Now the transition is acting up. How many of you have ever just had to ask God why? Hmm. Hmm. But I want to let you know this morning that no matter how difficult the, the, the situation, no matter how many questions that you have to ask, God sent me to tell you this morning that what you are going through is on purpose. It's on purpose. It happened uh, uh, intentionally. It happened because God wanted to prove himself to you and through you. Why, God, do you pick the people that you pick? Why did you pick me to go through this situation, this marriage, this job, this parent situation? Why did you pick me to go through this ministry, this academic challenge? Why is it, God, that you selected me for this? Hear the word of the Lord. In Jeremiah, the first chapter and the fifth verse, God affirms the, the, the purpose of Jeremiah. He says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. In other words, before you even were thought of, I ordained you, I planted in you purpose. If that's not enough, we, we, we must reflect on the words uh, in Luke, the 12th chapter and the 7th verse, that he says, not only do I know you and I formed you and I birthed purpose in you, I know how many hairs are on your head. Mm. I know you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are marvelous. You are the marvelous handiwork of God. Yes, you. You have called. You have been called. You have been anointed. You have been prepared. God has chosen you for this season. Yes, you with your flaws. Yes, you with your shortcomings. Yes, you with your skeletons that seem to be uh, building up in your closet. You. Yes, you, the, the one with all the secrets that you haven't told anybody. You, I have called you and ordained you. You are the vessel that God has chosen. You are the vessel that God has anointed. Even when it doesn't feel like it, he selected you. He handpicked you. He decided that you would be the mother of that child. He decided that you would be the member of that choir. He decided that you would be the person on that job. He picks you. It happened on purpose. Our text is interesting. It focuses on a woman who I think we all can identify with. She is a very complex woman that is generally very misunderstood. You probably heard 
uh, messages where people have preached that God uh, took this woman with five husbands and one that she lived with and, and, and turned her life around. But I present to you this morning that the narrative for which you have often heard preach is what is theologically called eisegesis. It is uh, someone's interpretation of what they believe the text says. We really don't have any inclination. The Bible does not tell us that the reason why she had the husbands that she had was because she was promiscuous. The Bible doesn't say that the reason why he doesn't even say that, that, that her husbands were dead or alive. We don't have any inclination what happened to them. We don't know uh, if, if we must remember contextually that scripture, particularly this one, was written in a time when women were seen as property and dishonored. So we, we, we often apply this narrative to this woman because it, it's easier to preach about some woman who Jesus met at the well. But I want to submit to you that there is a deeper narrative for which God chooses to tell us. In order for you to have a full understanding of John, the fourth chapter, you must understand the relationship between the children of Israel. Give me just a moment here because I feel like this is uh, uh, appropriate to share because I think if you um, have uh, uh, insight on uh, the relationship between the text and the children of Israel, uh, it will help you. So the, the, our lesson, we often hear uh, uh, this woman called the woman at the well. But more important than her own personal uh, uh, experiences is the place in which this takes place. Hear me out. The way that uh, we should understand uh, what it means to be in Samaria is that the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along. Oh, they hated each other. So much so that when Jews would be traveling from Judea to Galilee, as Jesus is doing in our text, they would go the whole other way. In other words, they would go out of their way to avoid Samaria. Let me tell you a little bit why they would do that. It's important to note, as we are understanding John the fourth chapter, that the nation of Israel, which is made up of 12 tribes, had been split between the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And, 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 and to best uh, understand that, uh, Samaria was the capital of the northern kingdom. And so when we talk about uh, uh, this relationship between the Jews, it's important to understand that, 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 that Jesus was a Jew who uh, ritualistically, they did not get along with Samaritans. How did this happen? The, the Bible tells us in 1 Kings, the 12th chapter, that uh, the nation was divided into two nations, uh, and as a result of that, uh, the two nations hated each other, and, and it would come so that uh, the, the northern kingdom would be overtaken by the Assyrians, and the Assyrians were, were not honored or respected by the Jews, and the Bible said that the Assyrians and the Samaritans intermingled. They start marrying each other and having babies. Well, the Jews said, wait a minute, oh, we, 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 don't, 
we don't do Assyrians. We don't, we don't hang out with Assyrians. That, those are not our people. In fact, uh, they went on to say that, that, that not only uh, do we not deal with Assyrians, uh, we don't deal with mixed breeds. We, don't, we, not, we, we, we no longer can claim it. Now, everybody uh, in, in this, all the children of Israel had knowledge of God, his law. But as a result of this, dis, uh, 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 this divide between uh, these two nations, the northern and the southern kingdom, the, the, the northern kingdom was outlawed. So you know what they did, y'all? They got their own gods. They built their own temples. They, they did all they knew to do because the Jews had disowned them. If you read Ezra, the, the fourth chapter, you'll see that uh, the, the, the Samaritans, those of the northern kingdom, they even went and said, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll help y'all build the temple. We'll co- we can collaborate. We can work together. And the Bible says in Ezra, the fourth chapter, that, that the Jews said, no, we're not, we're, not, we're not dealing with y'all. So you know what the Samaritans did? They went and found their own mountain and built their own temple. And they worshiped there. And, 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 and there uh, created a 700-year divide. A 700-year divide. Now, it, it's important to know that, that, that Jesus does not do anything haphazardly. You, you, if you're here or you're there or wherever you are, if you're watching this 10 years from 2022, God does everything that he does on purpose. The Bible says, and I'm just going to tell the story, and then I'll get out of your way, and I'm almost done. The Bible says that, 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 that Jesus um, has to travel uh, from Judea to Galilee. Now, I told you that there's a 700-year history where they don't get along, and Jews would normally go around about the way. But the text says that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Read it. It said, the text says that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go through Samaria. Jesus is setting the stage for uh, 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 some miraculous uh, 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 intervention between two nations with 700 years of conflict. And, 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 and don't let me get too far ahead. Note who he uses. He doesn't use the state mother. <laughs> he, he doesn't use the president of the women's department. He, 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 all the people that Jesus could have intentionally decided to meet at the well at a place where people didn't meet and a place that they didn't know, they didn't even interact, but Jesus decides to meet a woman at the well. Let me just give you uh, 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 some, 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 some insight on the character of Jesus through this, uh, th- these particular uh, instances. Jesus goes out of his way to meet us. How many of you can testify that? Jesus goes out of his way to meet us. How many of you, you, you were dancing at the club and you felt the conviction of Jesus Christ? He goes, at, now listen, I'm not saying that, 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 that we ought to be like Jesus and go down to the club. I'm not saying that. But Jesus, uh, he, he crosses social boundaries and racial boundaries and religious boundaries to go to a place where nobody else wanted to go. And, 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 and let me just point out to you that, that, that the scripture uh, just happens to say that he goes alone. I, 
I, I had to ask myself, God, why, why does Jesus decide to go to Samaria without his disciples? Why, why does he go and sit at the well without his disciples? And Jesus said, do you remember when, when I had been healing the 5,000 all day and, 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 and it got dark and my disciples said, oh, Jesus, you, we ought to send these, 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 these guys away. They had to go back to the village and, and get themselves something to eat. They, and Jesus said, no, what's the, wait, wait a minute. If we're here and we're performing miracles, we can just feed them here. I, 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 I was curious, Jesus, why did you go alone to Samaria? And I thought about the time when um, little children came running to Jesus, and, and, and Jesus was, was excited, and the disciples said, wait a minute, 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 wait. we're not doing this right now. It's not children's church. It's not youth day. <laughs> it's, it's, we're, not, we're not doing this. And Jesus said, suffer the little children to come and forgive them not for, forbid them not for such is the kingdom of God. The problem with the disciples is that they were overwhelmed with legalism. They, they, Jesus had to go alone because the people that, he, that were in his crew, they knew all the rules. You know, ooh, I don't think you should do that. Uh, uh, you, you, have you prayed about that? That's one of the things that we say when we, when we, when we want people to do. We don't think people should do what they do. Are you, are you sure? <laughs> Jesus had a crew of people that knew all the rules. He had ex-folks uh, 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 that uh, were, were, were entrenched in the law of Moses. They knew what to do and how to do. And sometimes their legalism got in Jesus' way. Oh, you, you know, you know if they were there, they would have been like, uh-uh, no, Jesus, you stay here, we'll go get the water. That's what, you, you can't be seen with no Samaritan woman. Like, are you sure? We'll carry you the other way. We don't want you going, we don't want you to be seen in Samaria. Jews don't go to Samaria. That Jesus had to go alone because the interaction or the encounter that he had to have with this woman was so important that he didn't need no haters. Let me ask you a question this morning. Aren't you glad that when Jesus met you in the pardon of your sins, you didn't have to worry about the naysayer? Are you sure? She, uh, she, she, she got a bad attitude. I don't see how she can be saved. I, uh, she's, uh, are you sure? Je Jesus knew that the disciples would get in the way, so he went alone. Somebody say he went alone. He went, he went alone. Just a side note, just a, just a little commercial break to say that sometimes as a reflection and an image of Christ, God wants us to go alone. Get out of your cliques. Get out of your small groups. Get out of these little oh, If I were you, I wouldn't talk to her. If I were you, I wouldn't reconcile. If I were you, I wouldn't apologize. Get out of these small cliques and groups that cause you uh, to, to, to be uh, dishonoring God's will. The Bible said that Jesus went alone. He went by himself. He didn't go with anybody else. He went and met a woman. So he's, he's at the, he's at the, he's at the, 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 the well, and he's tired, and he's sitting on the well. Now, it's interesting because I told you that Jews don't go to Samaria, first of all. Second of all, it's ironic that Jesus is alone, but the Bible also says that it is the sixth hour of the day. 
It's, it's, this is unique because usually, culturally, the Samaritans were given to hospitality. And, and, and usually, all the women would get up early in the morning and they would get their water pots. Come on, come on, come on, Michelle, man. Come on, sister, we're going to go down to the well. We'll get our water well before the sun comes out. They go together as a group. You know, they trot over, you know, like they talk on the way. Girl, what your husband do? Girl, you too? They talk on the way, you know, you know build community. They were people given to hospitality. But this woman and this man, Jesus, met at an inopportune place at an inopportune time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 this was an interesting time because it was at one of the hottest parts of the day. What is Jesus doing walking in the heat of the day? And why would some woman be coming alone to the well by herself with just her and her water pots? Nobody to help her. Nobody to assist her. Nobody to encourage her. Nobody to pat her back. Why would she come alone? Because Jesus had an intentional encounter that he meant to have with her. And if she would have brought other people, it would have interrupted what God was going to do. Listen, saints, some things you've got to be willing to do alone. Some things you've got to be willing to do alone. You know, so, uh, some your, your, your prayer group, uh, the, the people you text, they're not going to understand the dimension for which God is taking you. Some of them are going to be, are you sure? You, you, don't, you don't need to be making no album. Are you sure? You don't need to be uh, trying to apply for that job. Are you sure? Some of the people that have the best of intentions do not understand the calling that God has put on your life. And so even though they have good intentions, they're haters. Okay, okay, she, so I'll let y'all uh, figure out why she was by herself. You know, they say she's by herself because she, you know, she had all them husbands, but you've got to read through that because I don't, I can't, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't affirm that. She, she goes by herself. She has an encounter with Jesus, just her and Jesus. Thank you, God, that you sent your son that I don't have to go through the priest to talk to Jesus. I don't have to go through the missionary to have an encounter with Jesus. I don't have to go through the pastor to have an encounter with Jesus. Thank you, God, that I can have an encounter with Jesus in the living room. Thank you, God, that I can have an encounter with Jesus in the bathroom. Thank you, God, I can have an encounter with Jesus at the office. Thank you, God, that sometimes I'm driving in the car and all of a sudden my hands go up because I start thinking about the goodness of Jesus. Thank you, God, that you meet me where I'm at. Jesus will, he wants to meet you where you're at. She had a necessity and she goes to the well and the Bible says that he asked her for something to drink and immediately she notices the, 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 the dissidence between cultural norms. First of all, why are you asking a woman at the well to, 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 to give you some water? Don't you know the rules? <laughs> Don't you know this is unorthodox? Why are you, why are you asking an ex-drug dealer to be a preacher? Don't you know that there are rules against that? Why are you asking somebody that used to be promiscuous to sing in the choir? Don't you know there are rules against that? She, she wanted to know how are you, Jesus, navigating legalism, the rules? How are you navigating the fact that I'm not even a, a whole woman? How are you navigating the fact that I'm at the well but I'm unworthy? Hallelujah. 
she she says you 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 don't you don't realize that that who I am you you I'm a I, I'm I'm a Samaritan woman and I don't have the right to even give you any water our people don't get along we come from different places and different spaces why would you ask me to give you some water and Jesus said if you if you knew who I was <laughs> if you had a if you had an inclination about who I was you you know you know the water that I have you know you know it, it, it never wants to dry and she said wait a minute wait a minute you mean to tell me that you got some water <laughs> that'll stop me from having to come to the well in the heat of the day by myself you mean to tell me you got some water that will eliminate me having to struggle all by myself to be uh, I, I'll never have to worry about being an outcast I never have to worry about being seen struggling with my water pots because you said that you had some water that would cause me to never have to go to the well again and Jesus said yes I got some I got something for you thank God that you that you have something for me when I was unworthy when I wasn't in the crew or the clique when I didn't when, when I didn't look the part when I didn't have the clothes or when I didn't have the look or I didn't have the attitude thank you God that you meet me where I am and she Jesus begins to minister to her but the thing that that I love about this text I love the most about this text is that this woman that we have been creating this narrative that she was sexually flimsy this woman that we have been creating this narrative that she, 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 she didn't have a moral compass. This woman who we've been creating this narrative that she was, 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 was an outcast. Something interesting happens to her. She becomes the first evangelist to evangelize Samaritans. Listen, she, she, it, 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 it happened ironically. She just went to the well to get some water. And God said, this is the woman that I'm going to use to evangelize and transform a nation. She went to get some water and Jesus said, this is the woman that I'm going to use to bridge generational gaps. She just went to get something to drink and Jesus said, this is the unassuming, unpopular woman that I'm going to use to bridge religious divide. She just simply went to get some water and Jesus said, this is the unassuming woman, the unpopular woman that I'm going to use to bridge religious divides. She was nobody to everybody else but God. I, all of a sudden, as I read this text, I start understanding what 1 Corinthians 1 and 27 says when it says, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God have chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. God picked you. He, he didn't care where you were from. What borough, what community, what hood. What, he didn't care that you had a past. He didn't care that you had skeleton. He selected you on purpose. He picked you on purpose. And so this woman, she goes back to the, the Samaritan folks and she, 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 she understands the assignment. She says, come see a man. <laughs> she, said, she says, come see a man. And, 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 and Jesus never indicted her. He never rebuked her or anything. I don't know where we get that from. He just said, you said right. You, you, you said you had, you didn't have no husband, and you don't. Like, period. But she goes back and she says, he, 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 come see a man who, who knew me. 
<laughs> Come see a man who introduced me as, he, as my personal savior. Come, come see a man that, that, that spoke to me even though uh, uh, my culture was different, my attitude was different, my religious affiliations were different. Everything about me was, was different from this man, but I want you to come and see him. And, 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 and the Bible gives us the inclination to know that, that, that they come as a result of her word. Mm. <laughs> you know, when you, when you have an encounter with Jesus, I don't care who you are, your testimony will meet the ear of somebody. Oh, you, know, you don't have to be eloquent of speech. You don't have to be a theologian. If when you have an encounter with Jesus, all it takes is your testimony. He saved me, even though, even though he, 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 he knew about me, but he still saved me. So the Bible says they came and they, and they heard him and, and, and they said to the woman, this is what I love about this text. They said to the woman, they said, they said, we, we, we initially came because you said come. <laughs> but when we got there, we heard enough to know that he is, in fact, Jesus the Christ. And then we asked him to stay over for a two-day revival. Did, did, did he, did, isn't that what the text says? And, 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 and they, this is what they're telling the woman. We came because you said come. You, you, we don't normally talk to you, but, we, but we've talked to you this time. We're, you know, we don't want to go. We're not going to the well with you. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not hanging out with you. But, but, but you said that come see a man. And, and we know about your past. Now, she had five husbands. She had to go to the market or, you know, some, she, they must have known. But, but they, they were entranced by a meeting with Jesus. Let me submit this to you. Let me, and I'm closing. Let me submit this to you. The story is about a chance encounter between Jesus and a Samaritan woman. But the place for which this takes place is very important. I hear God saying that he's called all of us to be wells. This ain't even in my notes. I hear God saying that he's calling all of us to be the place where he does the work. <laughs> you, you, you can argue about abortion and Roe versus Wade and all of these different things that are going on in our world, but Jesus said, I didn't call you to be the person that adjudicated the law. That's not what I called. I called you to be the place where transformational relationships happen as a result of an encounter with Jesus. That's, a, that's all. That's a, listen, I, if I take you to the well, I'll let Jesus do the work. Let me, let me just close with this scripture. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This, this 2 Corinthians, and, and this 2 Corinthians, the, the 5th chapter, the 17th, 18th, and 19th verse comes alive for me and, and, and has a pure representation of what I believe has happened in the 4th chapter of John. This is what it says, therefore, and we know this, but we got to keep reading all these scriptures. It says, if any man 
be in Christ, he or she is a new creature, old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. This is what I love. Verse 18 says, and all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing the trespass unto them and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. An unfamiliar, unpopular woman goes to get water at the well, has a confrontation with Jesus where he reconciles her unto Christ. She then goes back and is the manifestation of the ministry of reconciliation. She says, come see a man. Come see a man. And Jesus is saying, I want to use you to do the same thing. The problem that some of us have is when we get in the position where we can accept the will of God for our life, we do the opposite of this woman at the well. Oh, no, not me. I... I don't, I don't do that. I don't go there. Not me. I'm not, I don't mean, I ain't gonna pay all that money. You know, we go through all of these cycles where we are easing away from what God has called us to do. We, we'll do anything. We'll start bringing, but God, I, I, I could do it, but you know, I got that little problem. This is the internal conversations that we start having with ourselves because we don't understand that God is pulling us. He's reconciling us to him. And he's reconciling us through the, that thorn in our flesh. That's what Paul said. He said, I got a thorn in my flesh, but God uses that thorn in my flesh. To, he, he, he glorifies himself through my weakness. Hmm. <laughs> so, 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 so this woman had to realize that everything that she had gone through, husband one, husband two, whatever happened to him, husband three, husband four, husband five, and whoever she was living with, that it all happened on purpose. Nothing is an accident with God. I know it doesn't feel good. I know it feels uncomfortable. I know it's not something that you testify at church about. I know it's a, it, it's a secret that you haven't told anybody, but Jesus said it's happening to you on purpose. It's a part of the testimony. Now, this woman could have said, well, I don't think, I don't want to go back there and talk about all these husbands. I don't, I'm a, she went back and said, he knew everything about me, just like y'all. Everything about me. What God released her from is shame. And I hear the Lord say he wants to release somebody from shame who's watching this morning. Maybe you have been struggling with believing that you are unworthy because of what people say and think about you. And you have become a product of the people in your family, the, 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 the evaluation that you got on your job. You become a product of something that your mother said to you 50 years ago. 
And God said, I want to release you from that shame so that you can walk fully in your promise and your purpose. He told me to tell you this morning that everything that you have endured, it was on purpose. And for the purpose of reconciling you closer to him so that in turn you can operate in the ministry of reconciliation. Pray this prayer with me this morning. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the word that has gone forth this morning. I thank you, Father God, for the reminder or for the affirmation that you have called me and that I am not a mistake, but that, God, you have the power to release me from shame and to use the very testimony that I have to reconcile others to you. Now, God, I pray this morning that this would not just be a word that I say that I heard, but that, God, I would reflect on it, that I would marinate on it, that I would remember it, Father God, not the speaker, but that I would remember the word that came from you. I praise you, I love you, I magnify you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.